Welcome back, everybody. Episode three with Nick Osen of the Cyclone Scoop podcast. Doing this live from Pfizer Forum in the great state of Wisconsin. Especially significant episode as the Iowa State Cyclones are set to play in the round of 32 against a school where I spent four, maybe five years in the Wisconsin Badgers. And we are here today joined by Mike Hogan, my 24-7 sports counterpart that covers the Wisconsin Badgers. Mike, how are you feeling today? Good. I mean, it's been a marathon for both of us of sports writing the last couple of days, just being almost trapped in this dark media room here at Pfizer Forum. It's it's better than I make, I'm making it sound, but after three days in this place, I'm uh, getting a little sick of it, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're doing all right. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you for the time. Obviously, it's, it's a little dark, a little quiet back here, but we certainly wouldn't trade it for anything. So I'm going to kind of get some more Badger scoop from, from my partner here. I'll give my opinions on the Iowa State Cyclones, and then we'll get into it. Obviously, a highly anticipated game. Folks, let's catch up on the clones. So, Mike, first off, for people that maybe haven't watched as much of the Wisconsin Badgers this year, could you just kind of describe them a little bit, maybe three words or, or phrases that really describe them well and kind of the reasoning behind those choices? <laughs> It's kind of tough to come up with with three words, but I mean, honestly, this season, I mean, can, can we count Johnny Davis as one word? Just just the name. I think that's significant. We'll allow it. That's that's one of the words, I guess. Two of the words I, I would use to describe um, this team: Johnny Davis, uh, young. They're a very young team. Um, they had twelve underclassmen to start the year, um, and and that was the most under guard. So that's significant. Um, not. Maybe not so much anymore, I guess, because the season they, they played thirty some games. Guys have grown throughout the year. Uh, maybe maybe growth is a better word. Growth uh, for an inexperienced group. They've, they've grown tremendously. Even Davis throughout the years has grown and evolved. Um, um, and Davison is having his best year. Uh, you can say he's even kind of taken a step forward this year. Um, and then um, expectations. Um, the expectations were low to start the year. Um, and now they're very high <laughs> because they're three seed in the NCAA tournament. They were picked to finish 10th uh, in the preseason media poll, unofficial media poll. The Big Ten doesn't have an official one, but um, they're picked to finish 10th. Um, nobody thought very much of them. Um, nobody expected nobody expected much of them um, to start the year. No one expected much of Davis. Um, didn't, well, I guess that's that's wrong. But people expected Davis to take a jump, but not this big of a jump. He's even kind of admitted that himself. Um, and, and, and coach guards even kind of said, you know, we saw it coming, but not this kind of, um, these just incredibly dominant performances again, last night, scoring the final 14 points over the last, you know, in Wisconsin's, um, as part of Wisconsin's game clinching 19 to nine run or the final 10 minutes. Um, and, and, uh, they want to share the big 10 title, uh, with Illinois. They could have won it outright. Of course, the disappointing loss to Nebraska to finish the year. Um, but, uh, as I said, the expectations are high now. They have a star player. Um, they have been capable of winning games in many different ways. They've come from behind, um, a couple different times. They've won so many close games throughout the year. They're 15 and three. Um, I believe that's, that's what the mark is. Um, they were 15 and one going into the, uh, last night was a seven point game. So that didn't count. So yeah, they're 15 and three, um, and, uh, and games decided by six points or fewer. And, um, there's the, that's, these are just a couple of the different reasons why uh, you know, people are expecting this team to make a run. They've got a favorable 
um, route, I guess. I mean, they're playing home games here in Milwaukee. And if they um, get out of here tomorrow, they're going right to Chicago. Um, and you can expect another pretty pro Wisconsin crowd there in a sweet 16 or in, and if they get to the elite eight, uh, that game as well. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense, Mike. Thank you. And it's very similar kind of to Iowa state, especially the part where you mentioned, you know, not having the most expectations and a team that is somewhat overachieved. It, it's interesting. You mentioned what guard has said, obviously some things from Davis. And even today we, we got to meet with some of the players and like Gabe Kelsher, who spent plenty of time in the big 10, Noted that, yeah, you know, it was expected for Johnny Davis to eventually take a leap, but maybe not to turn into a player like this. So I'd like to give, you know, a little bit of background for your Badgers listeners that that might tune in for this type of preview. And along the same lines for Iowa State, I would say that the Cyclones are very tenacious. I mean, even some of the Badgers players hit on the focus of that team is defense. It's Mm -hmm. kind of their backbone, their bread and butter. Trust me, they would not still be here without that type of defense. They're not known necessarily for their offensive prowess. Very much related. They're mentally tough. Some of these games, they very much could have lost. I go back to a West Virginia game, which I will note again later on. Down, Isaiah Brockington just took over. That's a guy I know you spent a little time in school with (laughs) when he was back at St. Bonaventure, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. So he's obviously become a national star this season. It'll be interesting, kind of his future path. And then I would just say overachieving. You know, this team, if you look at the roster, you would not expect the team to likely be dancing and certainly not still alive in March Madness as of March 19th and March 20th, whenever folks get to tune into this. So that is pretty impressive in itself. And, And it's a really interesting thing that these two teams are going to be battling against each other. Now, you you mentioned a little bit about the game against Colgate and how Davis took over. Could you just summarize maybe that game? And in the last week or so, how did Wisconsin get here to the three seed with a favorable draw and location in Milwaukee? Yeah, um, it's been an interesting couple of weeks for this team because, you know, they, they, they won against Purdue. That was such an emotional game for them. Um, the sold out crowd, the court storm after Chucky Hepburn banks in the game winning shot, lucky or not, you know, they all count the same in the end. Um, <laughs> they played a great game that night. Uh, it was a great game, on both ends of the floor for them. They did a pretty good job. Obviously Zach Eady and Jaden Ivey got theirs for Purdue, but um, Wisconsin played a solid game all around. It just happened to end with a, a pretty lucky shot, I guess, <laughs> if you want to say that two lucky shots, because Davis, uh, he had <clears throat> his bank shot to, uh, give Wisconsin a lead before Ivy tied it up. And then Hepburn came back down and hit his, but um, then they lost to Nebraska. Um, Davis in that game went down with an injury in the second half, early in the second half. Um, he blocked a shot uh, on the defensive end, went down, um, was trying to go for layup, got tripped up um, with kind of tangled up with Trey McGowan's. I don't know if he tripped him on purpose or not, um, but he kind of stumbled as he was going toward the basket. He goes up, um, gets hit in the face by Trey McGowan's um, an elbow to the face, which she was upset about um, a few days later when we asked him about it. Um, he kind of called it a dirty play and unnecessary, uncalled for, um, that those were kind of his words. Um, and and he, on that fall or on the trip um, on that play, he sprained his right ankle. Um, so that hindered him in the Wisconsin's first 
Big Ten tournament game against Michigan State. Now, obviously, that's a player that not only has garnered so much national recognition, but they wouldn't really be close to the tournament without him, right? No, absolutely not. Um, you know, and as you see, you've seen it. Um, as I was getting to like the Michigan State game last week, he shot three of nineteen from the field, only scored eleven points. You know, if he's anything like himself, um, Badgers probably win that game, or at least it's uh, maybe more exciting down the stretch. Um, last night, um, and he probably isn't one hundred percent right now. He kind of alluded that to that today. You know, he's his ankle's a little bit sore. Um, of course, he had few words to say. He never really says a whole lot. Um, he's, he's a man of few words, as Badger fans know, as, as media members know. That's just the way he is. Um, but this team, um, obviously, like I said, growth has been a huge part of this team this year. Chucky Hepburn, a freshman point guard, played beyond his years, much like Tyrese, you know, Tyrese Hunter for Iowa State. Um, you know, kind of relatable, as you guys have seen. Tyler Wall's been much better. Brad Davison's having one of his, probably his best, arguably his best season in a Badger uniform. Stephen Crowell's had his ups and downs, but he's even, you know, he's taking some steps. He's, he's taking some steps. There's reasons to be encouraged about him. But without a player like Davis who can take over games the way he has down the stretch, like last night, scoring 14 points, just flipping a switch uh, just like that and, and finishing with 25 points, just incredible. And, and he's done it so many times. He did it against Indiana on the road. He scored the last 13 points there in the final. That was even more impressive to me because that, that was all done in the final three or four minutes of that game. And then against Michigan State, he scored, I think, 19 or 18 second-half points. Against Purdue, his best game of the year, 37 points, 14 rebounds. He scored 27 in the second half, including the last 14 uh, for UW, um, just, just an incredible talent. And you know what uh, I wrote yesterday, I published an article yesterday, however long this lasts for Wisconsin, it's probably it for Davis. You've seen, um, you know, the mock drafts come out, <laughs> you know, he's the top 10 pick and, and his dad told me kind of that it, this is bittersweet because his brother Jordan's on the team and there's probably slim chance they're ever going to be on the same team again. Um, because this, um, this, like I said, you know, this March Madness run is, more than likely it for a guy of, of his caliber. That's that's pretty incredible, kind of how quickly he has risen. And that's a really good point that we saw even today at media. Davis made it clear that he chose Wisconsin because it was a spot his brother could go to, right? So that's something that I hadn't even really thought of. Obviously, Davis likely go to the league, but his brother probably won't get that chance. Certainly not a time, you know, anywhere soon. As for Iowa State, they've got a star as well and Isaiah Brockington. Mm -hmm. And he has performed incredibly this year. And actually, they got a true team effort from a guy like him and Tyrese Hunter in what I would say was their most important win of the season. Not necessarily their best, but most important, not last night, but recently at Kansas State. I was able to get there. That ended up being their fourth win in a row, their seventh Big 12 victory. And as we saw by the seeding for the Cyclones, they needed every single one of those yeah. to get into this tournament. So now, coming off last night, a win where Iowa State was an underdog against LSU. I said to you, I said, you know, on my boards, predictions, radio, I thought that Iowa State was going to win that game for two main reasons. Defensive intensity, and they did have a bit of a home court advantage. Now, granted, I'm not sure that the crowd played as much of an effect as I thought, but we had kind of a true point of validation for Tyree Hunter, not only how he performed, but where he did it and how he did it, not being known to be a shooter really at all coming into Iowa State. 
I've said throughout the year, I think this is a dude that can absolutely go to the NBA. I think he could potentially after two or three years, but that shot needs to be more of a positive skill, more of a consistent skill of his. And that was something last night. I know you were sitting right yeah. by me before the <laughs> Badgers game. But that was pretty special. Very happy for him as a person, happy for that family. And now we get the matchup that so many people, you know, kind of asked me about, teased me about with some of the schools involved. And it's pretty incredible that we are having it here in Milwaukee. So, Mike, for the Badgers to win, what needs to happen Sunday? Well, I think, you know, obviously this team goes when Davis goes. I think that's going to be important. Even though he finished strong last night, um, the start um, wasn't great. I think he started like 3 of 11 from field shooting. And then Davison was kind of quiet last night, at least offensively. Um, and uh, they need more out of him. They need more out of him to, to, to be able to get by, um, to be able to survive more of these games in March. They're going to need more out of Davison, um, who had a great game um, against Michigan State uh, in the Big Ten quarterfinal loss last week. Um, so maybe just a a blip there for him um, and, and what's been a pretty, uh, you know, impressive season. Um, and I also think just, just the team start in general. I mean, they got off to a pretty poor start offensively last night um, in the first couple of minutes. Um, and then there was a kind of a stretch in the second half where they were inconsistent defensively. Can they sustain, I know basketball is a game of runs, right? But there have been times this year where, where Wisconsin has, they've hit, they played really great stretch of basketball in a game. Then and there's a really bad one. They have to avoid that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to be able to survive more in March. And that's something that's going to be really important um, against, I mean, Colgate, give them credit, you know, good team, very experienced team with great shooters. It was really impressive last night watching those guys knock down shots. They started six of seven from three point range and everybody knew that that was the case coming in. They could shoot. That was a big storyline ahead of the matchup, but Iowa state talent wise probably has a little bit more. And if Wisconsin has a really bad stretch of basketball tomorrow afternoon, or tomorrow evening, I don't, can they overcome it against a team with more talent, with more top end talent? I don't know. They have been able to do it at times this year, but uh, I don't know. That's something that, that kind of stood out to me last night, just the ups and downs of the whole game. They finished strong, but there was certainly some, some times in that game where, where, you know, there, you could feel kind of the air coming out of the, the home crowd a little bit, um, a little restlessness, I guess, per se. Um, I think those things off the top of my head, you know, we haven't, we each haven't had tremendous amount of time to think about this matchup as, as we all know, it's a quick turnaround, but those are the things that, that stood out to me last night that, that the Badgers will need more from Davison and avoid, you know, long stretches of poor play. That's a great point. Yeah. We really did just kind of figure out not only the matchup, but that we were going to do this. So kudos to you again. <laughs> and thank you for that. On the other side, I would tend to agree with a lot of those points. I want to note for the people, especially Badgers fans that may tune in that, that might not know this, Iowa State actually has not lost a game this season outside of the Big 12 Conference, which is something I was just kind of going over in my head today, <laughs> which is pretty impressive overall when you look at it. I think this you know March Madness tournament has shown how tough the Big 12 is. I think for Iowa State to win tomorrow, there's no question it's doable. Are they the favorite? No. Is it going to be easy? Of course not. But it's very doable because I think the Badgers have a better player than LSU had in Johnny Davis. But I think that the actual matchup on the court is a little better for the Cyclones going against the Badgers rather than the LSU Tigers. 
I think you'd agree neither team is really deep or no. kind of exuding a bunch of yeah. depth and rotational players, either of these squads. So I believe for Iowa State, it's two things. It is controlling the turnover battle against LSU. Iowa State forced 19 turnovers, 21% from three for LSU. That obviously was a huge part of it because even a guy like Brockington, he had a good game. It wasn't necessarily a normal Isaiah Brockington great game. You know, Gabe Kelscher struggled from the field. Caleb Grill did. And the other thing, it's much easier said than done. So I'm not going to say to stop Johnny Davis, but it's somewhat to neutralize him. If Brockington can score about as much as Davis or you get those contributions from a a Kelscher or a Grill, I'm telling you, it really seems to ebb and flow with those guys. Kelscher is stout on the defensive end just about all the time. But sometimes he struggles at shooting like he did on Friday, and, and that can really hurt Iowa State. I think that he is going to be able to show up. I think that he's impressed in his ball handling and one-on-one defense. It's going to be interesting if they kind of mix up bodies, whether it's a Brockington and a Kelsher on Johnny Davis or kind of how that's run. I think Wall, Tyler Wall, is Mm -hmm. also going to be potentially an X factor for Wisconsin. I think those are the things that would be essential to propelling Iowa State to victory. So now I'll ask, how does Iowa State win this game? In your eyes, what would be bad to see for the Badgers? Well, I guess I'll just make a kind of a funny count right away. Last night it seemed like the crowd uh, was kind of rooting for Iowa State. And there were, there were a good amount of Iowa State fans in there. But uh, for that game, for the second session, mostly Wisconsin Badgers, Cardinal White in the stands. So it seemed like the home crowd kind of got behind them a little bit. Tomorrow that's not going to be the case. And we we all know how hostile it got in here last night. Um, some people were still kind of complaining about it on Twitter, which I don't know why. Um, I guess they couldn't hear the crowd loud enough on TV. <laughs> that didn't make any sense to me. I thought it was a tremendous crowd. Um, and Wisconsin fans have complained about the crowd all year, uh, even at home. And that sometimes at the Kohl Center, it could be a little bit inconsistent, but I've never really understood it. I'm new on the beat. This is my first year. So I guess I'm just kind of learning. Get used to still, that, Michael. Still kind that's, of, yeah, I guess. You that's know, something that, that they like to do pretty often after, sometimes. After a full year, uh, almost a full year now, I'm still, you know, I'm still kind of thinking about some of those things, learning about <laughs> some of that stuff. But I think the crowd will be a factor tomorrow for Iowa State. Uh, just, just uh, you know, that's never that much. Players always kind of downplay that. But I think it could be significant. Um, Guard talked about the 2014 run this team, this program had. They played him here in Milwaukee at the old Bradley Center, which is across the street, since been torn down um, and replaced by this uh, immaculate stadium. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess I don't want to call it that. It's, it's a nice stadium. I, I guess immaculate might be a bit too much, but um, <laughs> but uh, this is what happens when, when we're writing, you know, all day long. <laughs> different words come to your head, but <laughs> human interaction. Oh yeah. my goodness. Um, yeah, I think the crowd will be somewhat of a factor for, for Iowa State, but but for them for them to win, obviously not not getting rattled um, if Wisconsin goes on a run is going to be big in, in the crowd getting into it. But um, you know, can can like you said, I think I think the point that I was going to make that you kind of already touched on, you know, you got two prolific scores uh, going head to head tomorrow uh, with with Brockington, even Hunter kind of had a, I don't want to say that was his coming out party because he's been good all year. Um, but, but that was a huge performance for him last night uh, on a big, big stage, uh, the NCAA tournament. But I think you made a great point, Nick, about just can Brockington 
find a way to kind of score just as many um, or maybe tie Davis in the scoring column, or maybe, maybe he finishes with more. I think that's, that'll be a huge difference. I think that was something that I was kind of thinking about. You mentioned how big of an X factor wall will be. He's kind of been the, that guy all year. He's, you know, he's averaging about 11 points per game. Um, and, and he's gone for more than that, uh, more than a handful of times this year. He's, he's shown the capability going to the twenties. Um, but he makes his big, biggest contributions defensively. And obviously tomorrow, um, Iowa State, I think, has a little bit more size than Colgate, obviously. Um, so I think it's, it'll be important for Wall to be, um, you know, on his game, on his game tomorrow. Same with Stephen Crowell, um, who has struggled with some bigger matchups um, this year um, at times against Kofi and uh, Zach Eady and all those guys. So I think those things you, you kind of alluded, I think the most important thing is going to be Davis and Brockington. Obviously, you don't want to boil the game down to just one matchup, but I think that's going to be the one I'm, I'm going to be keeping a close eye on, um, how those two guys kind of kind of go at it and, and who, who gets the better of the other. Yeah, and, you know, as simple as it might sound, often in March you either get kind of the tail of the two stars or you kind of just get a random X factor. Yeah. And so to me, I think Wisconsin wins if Davis is far and away the best player on the floor. So I think that is one thing. And also if they simply are just able to control the three-point line, especially from guys like Kelcher, Caleb Grill, then I think Wisconsin wins. I think that they probably have the higher floor, especially with that, you know, kind of home court advantage that they may have, but it's likely to be a really good game. And I can't wait to be covering it alongside you. Yeah. That's a, that's a really interesting point about the three point shot. And um, obviously Colgate, like I mentioned earlier, came into the game yesterday, second in the nation. They got theirs. They hit 10 of them. Um, I mentioned this, this birthday head in the second half, but Wisconsin didn't get caught up in a three point shooting contest with them. They played their game. They stayed pretty calm for the most part. Um, they didn't rush things. They didn't also when Colgate started making threes in the second half, they didn't start jacking them up in panic. They, they, they played through Davis for the most part. Wall was pretty big offensively early in the second half. The one thing that stood out to me about Iowa state, and I mentioned this to you um, as someone who, who obviously I don't cover that team, but <laughs> um, just, just looking at their three point percentage on the year, what, they're like 32 something percent. That's not great. They shot quite a, I mean, obviously Hunter hit seven last night, but the rest of the team was like five of 20 something. I think if, if Iowa state gets in a, caught in a trap where they're shooting way too many threes uh, tomorrow night, or that could be uh, trouble for them. That's a great point. We, we kind of discussed it even during the game and it was interesting that that ended up saving them. But you're right. I mean, I can say pretty much without a doubt, unless we get a grill heater game, that would really hurt Iowa State tomorrow. I can't believe how quickly the time has flown. This has <laughs> honestly been so you know informational, so fun. I appreciate the time. I think we're in for a really good battle. And one of these two teams is going to be dancing in the Sweet 16. So thank you so much, Mike, for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, appreciate uh, appreciate you having me on and um, looking forward to a good game tomorrow. Absolutely, and I believe it will be. Not going to do official predictions, but I do believe the game will be kind of in the low to mid-120s total. I think that would potentially favor Iowa State, but we'll have to see kind of the fans, the whistle that they get, and most importantly, it's March Madness, and we can't wait to be covering it. So thank you all for listening. This was my episode three. Catching up on the clones. We'll see you next time.